The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Reggie Wayne has signed a new contract with the New England Patriots. T-Sizzle says to Chip Kelly, if you want to run the read option, baby, you better be careful with your quarterbacks. Chris Carter apologizes to the NFL and the NFL Rookie Symposium. Hey, guys, there's a whole lot going on in the world of sports and in the NFL. What's going on, Coach Gordon Roberts? Hey, Coach, a lot of great news in the NFL, a lot of sad news. If you're a Green Bay fan, you lost your best receiver. If you're uh, a Carolina, uh, you know, if you're a Carolina fan, then you've lost your best receiver. So uh, there's some good news, but there's some also sad news for those uh, fans that wait all year round for this to crank back up. Yeah, you're right, Coach. And uh, and, and there's some sad news coming out of um, Green Bay. Um, um, Jordy Nelson, he's out for the season, um, looks like. Um now we also heard early when this injury happened that they were they were not sure what the injury is. They still haven't come out and said that he's out for the for the season. However, uh, when Benjamin hurt his knee on the first day, they just said it was a strained knee. After further evaluation, they come out and said it's a torn ACL. He's out for the season. Now we're not so sure about uh, Jordy Nelson just yet, but I'm sure. From what we've, from the signs that we've seen and the things that we're hearing, that um, he's possibly going to be out for the entire season as well. What bothers me, Coach, on Facebook today, he says, "Thank you to my family, the Packers, my friends, my partners, uh, my Packer fans everywhere for your thoughts and prayers. I appreciate your loyalty and support. I'm looking forward to helping the team, however I can, as we focus on the exciting season ahead of us." I don't know if he means just from the sidelines or what. I'm not so sure, Coach. And um, and like I said, they really haven't come out and given us anything definite on on Jordy Nelson. Now, if there's any team in the NFL that could possibly um, get over not having their best receiver – it's, it's probably Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball to the open receiver, not necessarily his favorite receiver. And he's, and he's expecting every one of these receivers to catch the ball because they're the open receiver. So I, I really think this team could possibly um, um, continue to you, – you could see this team in the Super Bowl without um, Nelson at that receiver position. Well, I think that uh, 
without question that it'll be somewhat effect on them. But uh, like you're saying, uh, Aaron Rodgers will find uh, the next guy up and uh, make it real hard on you. Oh, yeah, they, they, they will make it real hard on them. But, um, Coach, another uh, veteran receiver is uh, Reggie Wayne. And, and for Peter, the people that have seen Reggie Wayne come from the University of Miami and uh, go to Indianapolis Colts and have such a illustrious career in Indianapolis, drafted in 2001, a first-round pick, uh, played with Peyton Manning his entire career until, take, until Peyton left the Colts. And now we're going to see Reggie Wayne playing for the New England Patriots. That just doesn't sound right. Well, Coach, I think he's trying to make another payday. And uh, I can understand his thought process. Again, like we've talked about so many times, I hope he doesn't play too long. But, uh, you know, uh, if Reggie Wayne wants to do that and the New England Patriots feel like that he could be a spot receiver for him, so be it. Oh, yeah, and um, and I'm all for these guys playing for as long as they can. And um, Because where else is Reggie Wayne going to find a job that's going to pay him for 16 weeks, um, probably up to up to a million or $2 million a season? You know, no money was really um, discussed in this Reggie Wayne contract situation. They, they just said they gave him a one-year deal. But where else are you going to find this kind of money? And most of these guys in the NFL, they don't, they don't just retire. They literally have to be kicked out of the league, ran out of the league, say, hey, you can't come back next year to this team anyway. And then they look around and look around and look around for other teams to play on, just like Reggie Wayne. You know, he was told by the coach that his services were no longer needed. What did he do? He looked around until he found someone that needed his services. That be... The and he hears, that they, he hears they have softer balls at New England. <laughs> oh, you think that's what it was, Coach? It's, it, it'll, it'll be an easier pass to catch. Might be. Hey, I'm, I'm, I could be with, I'm with you on that, Coach. It could be an easier pass to catch because, hey, Tom Brady's throwing those passes, Coach. Now, you're right. trying to say the balls that Tom Brady throw are not inflated properly, and that's why Reggie Wayne's going to be able to catch easier passes? You're not getting me to say it, Coach. Okay. Okay. Well, Coach, you know, um, it was a story that came out over the weekend um, that Terrell Suggs for the uh, the Ravens took a cheap shot on Sam Bradford, quarterback for the New England Patriots in, the play, in a um, preseason game. Now, I know you saw the play. Uh, we've all seen the play. But I think this is the way football is going to be going. This is the direction that football is going. Because of the read option play, and it's ran so often in the NFL now like it used to be. It used to be a college play. Now it's an NFL and a college and a high school play where you read the defensive end. If he comes down, you, you give it. You know you keep it, and you run outside. If he comes upfield, you give it, and the running back scoots through, the hole, um, scoots through an open hole created by this defensive end. Now, the defensive ends are now taught to come to the midline and bust this thing up. I mean, we want you to come right at that quarterback's inside leg. That's what they're doing. I don't and see where this is a penalty. And Harbaugh says, don't question my player's character because he's being he's doing 
what we we're we're taught. We're teaching him that if the quarterback is going to make that read option, then we're getting then he's fair game. You know, the NFL in the last few years has made it real difficult for you know for you to do too much to the quarterback. But if you're going to run that read option, he's going to be fair game. The NFL came out and said that the referee shouldn't have thrown a penalty. Um, said that it was a bad call. And now I, I, I agree it was a bad call. Where, where can you hit the quarterback? If he, if he had given him, a, if he had given him a, a shivering forearm across the chest, that would have been a penalty. If he had tried to close hang him with his forearm over, the, over his neck, around his neck, that would have been a penalty. If he had reached and grabbed his knees, that would have been a penalty. Now, where can we hit Sam Bradford? Well, Coach, the thing about it is I think, like you are saying earlier, that if you're going to run the read option, you're going to put your quarterback at risk. And that's all there is to it. You know, Coach, I, I actually saw a coach at uh, Bethune-Cookman University, Alvin Wyatt, who's now a coach at Edward Waters College in um, Jacksonville, Florida, when he was at Bethune-Cookman University, he would run this thing called a Wyatt Bone. And he literally had five quarterbacks on his staff, on his team. And he said they, they played like they were going to play three quarterbacks every game because their quarterbacks were just like running backs. They ran the ball. They did the read option. They gave it. They kept it. So if football is coming to that where we have to get ready to play two or three quarterbacks, then – we're going to have to have it where it's open game because they, they, they're playing three quarterbacks because they're running these quarterbacks. Quarterback's job is not to just sit in the pocket anymore and, uh, and find an open receiver like we see Aaron Rodgers do. These guys are really um, – they're real runners now in a lot of cases. Yeah, and I think, Coach, that uh, just like in the old days, uh, we ran the option uh, back in the day, and you knew that if you're going to read the – you know, I know as a head coach in the past in high school, if you ran the option, uh, my defenseman was going to – I would tell him, I want you to light that quarterback up every time. That's your read. Your read is the quarterback, then I want you to hit the quarterback. And and that's the way football has gone in the NFL now, Coach. I mean and, – and I guess we look at this – I look at this thing too is um, some of these quarterbacks, they show favoritism too. You know, oh, sure. Uh, we, we've seen Cam Newton take some licks. That, that same play, that same play on Sam Bradford Saturday night would have never been a penalty. No. That same play on, that, that play on Sam Bradford, if it had happened to Cam Newton, it, wouldn't have, it, it, it would have not been a penalty. And, Coach, in the past, you know, when he came back in the league, Michael Vick, you know, I don't know how many times I saw him lit up because in his first part of his career – he would he would hurt you with his legs, and so everybody felt like he was fair game. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I'm telling you, I, I think the NFL is making a mistake by trying to protect certain players. If that same play happened to Tom Brady, that would have been a penalty. T- Peyton or Manning Peyton. would have been Peyton a penalty. Uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers possibly would have been a penalty, and I just I don't think it's fair. And uh, and and what are we going to say? Well. This team doesn't run the read option, so we're going to protect this quarterback a little bit better. I don't, I don't, they can run the read option whenever they feel like it. I'm sure they practice right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. and, and eventually, you know, you're, 
you're showing more and more team have a a, a wildcat uh, package, and so when do you get to the point where you're saying, oh, you got to back off on this quarterback? You don't don't back off on that quarterback. You know, it's just not right. You know, uh, I read this. Uh, I heard an article. Um, I read an article. I heard it on television that. Um, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles ran that read option play more than any other team in the league last year, over 500 times. The closest team behind them was the Seattle Seahawks. They ran it over 300 times. Now, if we know that that read option is a staple in their offense, we have to design plays on defense to stop it. And if that means blowing up the defensive end, that's what we're going to do because it's just a matter of time because if we continue, if he continues to give it, it's a matter of time before he keeps it and brings it around the outside. Coach, I know you remember that playoff game where the 49ers, when uh, 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 they just destroyed the, the uh, Green Bay Packers with that read option because yeah. they weren't used to seeing it. Uh, and But now they've everybody's gotten so that they're a little bit more aware of it. That was two playoff seasons ago, and Colin Kaepernick um, ran rough shot on um, uh, for the 49ers running that same play. So right. that and that's how the NFL is. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a copycat league. Once somebody well, figures out a way to stop it, everybody figures out a way to stop it. Well, they all talk, Coach. Yeah, and they all look at the same films. Yeah, they all get the same films. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't like um, I don't like to see these guys, the league, make an effort to protect players. And when they pick and choose the guys they're going to protect, I, I just don't like that. And, and they can't because we're going to see teams now, just like Philadelphia, I think Tebow is probably going to make this Philadelphia football team because he can run the read option. Oh, I agree. We're going to find more teams in the NFL doing the same thing, keeping guys on the roster because they can run the read option. Now, especially with this two with the two point conversion and the field goal um, being at, being fifteen yards deep, and um, the two point conversion is still uh, you can put it in from the three yard line. And coach, you know, I think Chip Kelly thinks enough out of the box that he might send in. Uh, our, you know, Tebow, every time he goes, you know, lines up, wants to go for two, then you've got to make a decision. Are you going to try to stop the read option? Or are you going to cover those wide receivers? You, if you're going to put eight guys in the box, then everybody else is man-to-man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, and I guess um, when we look at um, at the games from the weekend – um, you know, I um, <clears throat> one of the things that sticks out to me is um, last week Robert was talking about he was not only the best quarterback on the Redskins team, he was the best quarterback in the NFL in his mind. <laughs> now, I know we have to think like that, but you just can't talk like that. And what happens to him? The next week, he gets lit up, coach. He gets lit up. Over and over. 
Yeah. He suffers a concussion. And, singer. and, and he mean, just really did not look that good. No. I mean, the kid, the, the guy just didn't look that good. And, and, I, and I, I'm concerned about him because um, I think he, he's putting more pressure on himself than he should. And, and here, here's a guy that um, should possibly consider that, uh, that Marshawn Lynch rule. Just shut your mouth, man. Yeah. I mean, just, just shut work. your mouth. <laughs> Don't say nothing. Let's, you know, and Marshawn Lynch let, let his play do all the talking. You know, he doesn't have to say anything. He lets his play do all his talking. But this kid talks, he talks better than he plays. Much better. Coach, I know you had to be proud about uh, two old Miami guys that are in Indianapolis that look really good this weekend. Uh, both... Uh, uh, both Johnson and Gore both had excellent preseason games, and I think they're both going to have great seasons at Annapolis. And I, 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 I'm pulling for them to have a great year. Well, I am too, Coach. Um, you know, I, I really like Andre Johnson. I've had an opportunity to meet him a few times, and um, I think he's a he's a he's an outstanding person and a, and a super athlete. And uh, uh, on the other hand. I really think that um, I really think that this this kid Dorsett, the young receiver that they drafted, um, I think he's going to be a, a outstanding player before it's all over, as well. Uh, he, he caught three passes for uh, 21 yards. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, another Miami product, not University of Miami, but he went to FAU. Um, he went uh, two passes for 52 yards. <clears throat> Excuse me, and Hilton just signed a big contract, so it's a lot of a lot of good things expecting from him. Uh, but I, I really think you're right, Coach. Um, with with that kind of receiver um, core that they're working with now, adding Andre Johnson, they could afford to lose Reggie Wayne, and that's why we see him. Um, that's why they, that's why we see them not needing his services anymore. Yeah, and Coach, I think Gore for the first time he was they talked to him after the game, and his two carries were you know, like five yards each, and he said, hey, I was so happy to see not eight in the box. You know, that's all he ever saw in his career at 49ers. But with luck and those receivers, every once in a while Frank Gore is going to see uh, seven in the box, and, and it's going to make him, I think, very productive this year. I, w- I would agree with you, Coach. Um, I, I think Frank Gore's he he's just added another three years to his his career, going to Indianapolis and having an opportunity to play with Andrew Luck, Andre Johnson, T. Y. Hilton, and the newest addition to that wide receiver core, um, um, uh, this this kid Dorsett out of the University of Miami. I think we I think they got something in Indianapolis. Um, I really I really think that um, Cosciano's done a, a good job. Not, um, I can't think of his name right now, but I really think the Indianapolis is doing a lot of good things, and I think they're going some places. Hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health wise, 
you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. On the line, we have Roland Villa, and Roland is our NASCAR expert, our racing expert, our open-wheel racing expert. He's just our racing expert all around, and he's from the land of racing, Daytona Beach, Florida. Welcome, Roland. How's it going? Good, Daryl. How are you doing up there? Hey, we're doing good, man. You got Gordon Roberts on the line with you tonight, me and Gordon hanging in here. We're itching to hear what's going on in the world of NASCAR. We're itching to hear what's going on with this young man. I'm Jason Wilson, who suffered an injury in the open-wheel car in the Poconos yesterday. How, how's everything going on with him first, I'm rolling. Yeah, we're going to get to that, but I just want to know how important uh, racing is to me, I guess, because I'm watching my most favorite sporting event of the year. It's on TV right now. Can you guess what it is? Tampa Bay Buccaneers? The Little League World Series. I love it. From all around the world, the sportsmanship and the way that these little mini-me's are there, these 12-year, 13-year-olds play so well. Yes, yesterday, Pocono, the the triangle track, two and a half miles, high-speed track. It was a race of attrition of the uh, 24 cars that started the race. Only 10 ended up finishing. And it finished on some rather tragic circumstances. Sage Karam, who was part of the Andretti team, and a rookie, was leading the race going into uh, the final 10 laps of the race. And for whatever reason, lost the car, and he spun, went into the wall, and pieces and parts went everywhere. And unfortunately, the number 25 car 
that is also uh, an Andretti Motorsports car driven by Justin Wilson, who's been driving since 2004, caught the nose cone right on his driver's cowling. Now, that's the little area that has a what you could call a windshield right there, and this piece smacked him right upside the head. Now, luckily, the inside of those cockpits are a very dense foam, which prevent your head from moving around a lot whenever there's certain crashes, and um, so that probably helped save his life at this point, but when it hit him, it knocked him slap unconscious. As a matter of fact, I was taping the race, and they haven't shown when he came down and he hit the inside ball his head was forward and then went back into the side and he was he hasn't regained consciousness they airlifted him to the an area of pennsylvania hospital and at this point he is um still unconscious and in a coma and in critical condition of course at this time the family and most of the race team don't want anybody to speculate but you have to know with that type of injury, of course, concussions, as you well know that part of it, but also maybe some bleeding on the brain and things like that. Uh, fortunately, with all the harnessing and things, uh, he didn't break his neck, but he's in pretty critical condition. We'll have to see what the future holds for him. He was on a six-race schedule. He had a couple of them left, and, of course, our thoughts and prayers go out to Justin Wilson. He's an Englishman, and he's well-liked. He's the tallest driver and IndyCar. Now, speaking of IndyCar, let's get to that just for a minute because this brings up the subject of different things that are going on this year. Number one, all this new body work, this aerodynamic, air quote, uh, body work that they're putting on. And unfortunately, when there's accidents like the, the rear tire pods that they have on there, all this stuff gets airborne. And if I remember right, Indy was the first group of people that actually put... Um, uh, what's it called, a tie onto the thing, a uh, cabling, so that when a piece came loose, it actually hung with a the car. Then they got away from that because some of the parts were bouncing around and actually hitting the driver. Um, they're going to have to take a look at this stuff and figure it out. They're in this little nose cone, and they're really encapsulated in there, of course, putting a roof over top of them, a space like, uh, you know, jet type a hood over top of them. I guess it would have to be, of course, clear for them to race. But then the tradition of the open cockpit, open wheel kind of goes away. And that's not the purest view of that type of racing. So we're going to have to see how they're going to take a look at this. I mean, if they build a windshield, what kind of clear window would that be if it's just wrapping around the driver, not over top of them, to prevent such things like that happening? And then again, we're dealing with a sport just like football, all about, you know, the best team tackles, okay? And there's going to be injuries. You can't regulate that. It has to be a part of the thing. I was here listening to you talking about the uh, quarterbacks, and I think racing uh, is part of the same thing. So that's the story. Um, I would hope that people out there do not speculate on his condition that he lived through it, it's pretty doggone amazing. Yes, it is, Roland. And, and, if, and when you look at the injury and you look at the accident, um, the debris is bouncing around on the track, and then it bounces up and hit him on his helmet. And when it hits him on his helmet, it literally bounces in the air, looks like about 100 feet. 
and um and and you could tell by how high this this debris goes in the air the impact it had on his helmet you know this is the third incident of debris of drivers getting hit with debris or um, the open cockpit like Dan Weldon in 2011 whenever he died by hitting a catch fence and he hit it flat on with the front of his face. And, um, you know, these cars are going really fast and they're aerodynamically designed to go straight forward. But when they get sideways or up in the air, you know, anything goes. Yeah. But, all uh, good, yeah. All, yeah. You got and it. That, you know, Roland, um, I lived in Europe for two years and, and they are big race fans in Europe and actually they call these race car drivers of these open wheel cars pilots because they go so fast and they almost look like airplanes when they're in this cockpit which they call it um, well, when we think about planes and pilots most of these planes are sealed, they have a sealed compartment and I just really think if this could have been a, a sealed compartment that uh, I think it would have it would have avoided this kind of accident, and but then again, what happens in the case of a fire, Daryl? Yeah, they yeah. got to be able to get. They got to be able to extricate that driver. So, how do you make it so that it comes in enough pieces that are protective, but that you can get the driver out right away, rather than having him trapped on the inside? It's really something to think about. It really is. Yeah, but you know, yeah. the sport of racing, unfortunately, has that danger element to it. You know, unfortunately, the human spirit set up to where. Many, uh, not not myself, but many people watch the racing to see the crashes. They oh, want yeah. to see what happens. You know, there's a little bit of a fatalist attitude towards it. I, I have to admit, I used to be one of those people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I want to talk I, about now. Uh, now yeah. I watch the race for racing. I really do. Well, you have to. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to yep. talk about uh, NASCAR just just for a moment because we're only Let's a couple do. races away from the chase, and a lot of dynamics are happening here. It seems like Stuart Haas Racing, uh, Team Penske, and uh, JGR, which is uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, have really come alive. And, uh, you know, they're up there in the standings. Kevin Harvick leads in the chase right now. Joey Logano with Team Penske is in second, followed by Dale Earnhardt Jr., Brad Keselowski, Jimmy Johnson, Martin Truex Jr., Matt Smith, Matt Smith, Matt Kenza, excuse me, Kurt Busch, Hamilton, Jamie McMurray, top 10. And there's just so much drama into who's going to make it into some of these other races. Right now, Michael Waltrip Racing has announced they will not be back next year. Clint Boyer just announced he won't be with the team, but with his fifth-place finish, has moved up to 15th in the chase. Now, that does not mean that he'll make it, uh, depending on who else wins, but uh, somebody will make it on points for sure. Last year we had two people make it on points. One of them was Ryan Newman, who finished second for the year. So as each of these races come about, it's going to be something to watch, you know, as we go along, a lot of drama that's involved. But between you and I, Daryl, I still haven't bought the chase. Oh, I, I haven't bought I like the, the chase either. I like the yeah. fact that they have to race to win, but you know, after a certain point, I don't know. I think some of them just lallygag and uh, you know hold back and get their car ready for the chase. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would agree with you, Roland. But when I look at uh, at that number thirteen spot, there's another Hendrick Motorsports car there with Jeff Gordon. And you know, yeah. Jeff Gordon. This is his last year. Um, I w- I'd be 
willing to bet a dollar to a donut that Jeff Gordon is definitely going to make the chase. How is he going to make the chase? I don't know how he's going to make the chase. A win, or are they going to make it 17? I, I don't know how they're going to do it. He, it might be a win. It might be some, um, uh, some something they do specially for him because this is his um, last year. But uh, it's not going to surprise me at all if he's if he's in the uh, in the chase. You know, we've seen some shady things. Not shady, but we've seen some of this kind of stuff from NASCAR before. <laughs> you know, the year after Dale Earnhardt died, who win the, who wins the Daytona 500? Yeah, here we go, conspiracy theorist. Here we there go. We go. <laughs> if there's one, so you know, Michael Waltrip Racing, you know, how they had um, a driver spin out so that uh, Martin Truex could make it, and then NASCAR called him on it and I put him out. That. And yeah. I will make a prediction. I, If somehow they say, okay, hey, it's your last year, Jeff, come on in here and race. If that happened, which I do not think it will, but if it happened, I don't think Jeff Gordon would take the position and race really? it. Wow. I think he's got. I think he's got too much legacy and, and too much honor wow. to take something given to him like that. Wow! But you know, they're uh, not going to do that anyway because then the honor of NASCAR itself is going to be, you know, besmirched from now on. He'll make the chase though, um, some kind of way, uh, rolling. But you know, uh, I think it was two weeks ago I saw Brad Kozlowski come in on pit road. And and literally just take out the the Jack um, the Jack man, um, and hit another one of his um, guys in the, in the pit his pit crew. Yeah, I, I, it's a wonder that we don't see this more often. I am not a fan of Brad Kozlowski. I think he's over his head more often than not, and he needs to get his facts straight. But you're right about the pits. You know, recently they've extended the pit wall. Uh, in places like at Michigan because there's been too many cars coming to the pit wall. I just, all those people sitting there with that low inside wall, it's it's probably a miracle that we haven't had something, you know, worse happen along the way. Well, you know what? Um, I am happy that we're going to get into football season. I'm happy that we're going to be wrapping up baseball season and uh, have more things to do. I tell you what, a lot of great football here in the Daytona Beach area, mainland. They are preseason, I think, national number two, if not to state. And they're good, uh, yeah, you know, for this year. Like so, for, in the state. yep, that's going to be good. I'll let you get back to the other sports, but that's an update from Daytona Beach on NASCAR. And we'll have to join again. We're going to have to start uh, the countdown as we go along. So I'll join you again on a Monday. I can't wait, Roland. Thanks again for being a part of Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Coach and Coach. All right. Thank you, <laughs> hey, Coach, it's always so good to talk to uh, Roland. Uh, my number one driver in NASCAR is still um, Matt Kenzick. I'm a big fan of Matt Kenzick. Um, matter of fact, it, I used to listen to uh, to the um, to the radio as he's talking to his pit crew. I could listen to him on my cell phone, talk to his pit crew. You can listen to any driver you want with the Sprint cell phone. And I chose Matt Kensick, and um, that was about three years ago. And I still, uh, I still like Matt Kensick. Real humble guy. Real. You don't hear a lot of trash talking from him. 
Not a lot of wanting to fight somebody because they pulled out in front of them. None of that kind of craziness. So I, I, admire, I admire Matt Kensick. Not that I've ever met him. Uh, but I did see him on the track a couple times in Daytona. I've, I've been down there to the track a few times to see the races. But, um, Coach, you know, um, we've in a sense a little bit um, kind of trash Chris Johnson a little bit on our show. You know, we talked about him um, renting a Bentley and taking it back late, um, having scratches and dents on the car, talked about him in a situation with one of his friends where the friend was killed. Chris was actually shot. Shot in the arm. In the offseason. And here's a guy that, you know, has gotten another chance. I mean, yeah. and, 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 and I say it all the time. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. And, and, if the, and if the Cleveland Browns or the Indianapolis Colts or whoever, and it just so happens to be the Arizona Cardinals, has, has, they've given Chris Johnson another chance. Another shot. Um, another shot. And he's probably going to make this team because he's a veteran. And, um, and I, I, I think they, they must need his services for him to bring him into camp late and to, um, to sign him to a contract. And coach, now you told me I didn't. I wasn't aware until you told me earlier. He he's already got a pulled hammy, though. Well, yeah, he has a pulled hamstring, and um, he's not. He's not. He's he's expected to be out one to two weeks. Now, that doesn't okay. sound like a real serious injury, and because he is a a, a veteran, he's been in the league since two thousand uh, two thousand and eight. Um, he can do that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, some guys can do that. He he's one of those guys. Come in one day after practice, say I, I think I, I think I strained my hamstring. Yeah. He's probably well, not going to have to go through this kind of camp um, the rest of the season. But I can guarantee this: first game of the season, he'll be ready to go. Well, coach, I hope for. Uh, I'm a kind of a Cardinals fan now. I, I like the coaching staff. I like some of the players that I, uh, that I see there, and. I hope Chris gets his act together and can contribute and help them be successful this year because I was pulling for him all last year. And and after they lost Palmer, I was still pulling for him. So who, who knows? I think Chris, if he could play at the level he played when he was at Tennessee, would be a big aid and help to him. I, I think he can help this team if he can get back to the – to the level he was at Tennessee. But, hey, I don't think they can't expect this guy to carry this team, um, being being a veteran that's been in the league for as long as he's been in the league. They can't expect him to carry him, but they can't expect him to um, – to, um, Yeah, to, to, to help them. You know, that's definitely why they're bringing him in, to, to help this team. And, I, I, you know, I'm pulling for Chris. I really am, and I hope he can hold together. I hope he has an outstanding season. I hope he, he does everything they ask of him. I hope he keeps his nose clean. Um, the, the guy lives here in our state, and I'm always pulling for people from our state, even Florida Gators. So I know I'm pulling for Chris. Yeah, I hope yeah. you're right, Coach. I hope he has a, uh, a, a good – uh, season this year, along with the Cardinals. Now, Coach, what do you make of the other Chris that was in the news, uh, Chris Carter? That tidbit they had about what he had said at the uh, about having a fall guy in your entourage. 
Hey, guys, we'll be right back with more Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. When we get back, we will talk about Chris Carter, the other Chris, talking about how you need a, a fall guy in your entourage. You need not have an entourage. You know what I'm saying? Hey, guys, we'll be right back with more Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. flagship station for sports voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame lassiter formerly with the arizona cardinals san diego chargers and st louis rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Coach um, Chris Carter, you know, Hall of Fame wide receiver, um, Minnesota Vikings, he came out and said at the, well, it's just been, they just figured it out that he said this at the 2014 NFL Rookie Symposium, that he recommends that you have a fall guy, coach. You know what I mean? That's somebody that's going to basically take the blame for something that you did. Um, how do you feel about that? Coach, first off, uh, I think it was taken out of context from what I understand that he was trying to explain to these young guys, first off, you can't afford to keep any of your money if you're going to have a big old entourage. And then he said, if you're going to have an entourage, you better pick one of them that's going to be your fall guy. 
I think he kind of meant it as tongue-in-cheek. What bothers me the most, Daryl, is they didn't talk about it for a year. Yeah. And now That's it's the news. Me. You know, give me a break. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, Coach, um, that, that bothers me, and it bothers me because from year to year, things change. You know, that being said, last year may have not have been so much. And then when you drag it back into this year where it means so much, it's, it's just it's, it's crazy. So uh, I, I, it bothers me that this is an old story that they dug up and making it making it a story. Um, should Chris Carter have said something like this? Probably not. Um, did he say it in a setting where he was basically saying something like in a locker room setting where he didn't think it was going any further than that locker room setting? That's probably what he thought. And, um, and, and, and I think, I think Chris Carter has a lot of good advice for a lot of young athletes. Uh, I really hey, coach, think. I remember, coach, I, you know, everybody feels like that he made, uh, Randy Moss become the, the player he became because of his mentoring at Minnesota. And I think that, uh, that kind of made us all think of Chris Carter a little different after we saw the phenomenal job he did with how he worked with Randy Moss, or I felt like that anyway. And I think that's why he was invited to speak to the rookies the last few years. And it's too bad that this is being taken out of context. Yeah, it, it really is, Coach. And I, I, you know, I think Chris Carter, if anybody deserves another shot at being on TV, um, and being a part of ESPN and uh, being a part of NFL Countdown and the Mike and Mike show. It's, it's Chris Carter. I think he's done a, a fabulous job of um, turning his life around. And um, it's not like we found a crack pipe. Either, the crack pipe didn't fall out of his car when he opened the door. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's got caught transporting um, three key- kilos across the state line. Uh, I just, I just, this is just not enough for it to be a, a real story. And, uh, and I hope it goes away as, as fast as it came, came up. I agree with you. I think that uh, it's one of those things that, okay, should you have said it? No. Okay, move on. Right. Does he regret it? Yes. Does, has he come out and said he regrets it? Yes. Has he apologized? Probably four or five or six or seven or eight times already. So, come on. What more can we ask of him? You know, I, I just really think this is um, this. We're making more out of this than we should. Much more out of this than we should. Well, Coach, um, on a positive note, did you get your fantasy team lined up yet? Uh, my fantasy draft is um, is is this Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I had Only- mine at long distance. Mine, I, you know, they do mine out of Atlanta, and I actually sent my daughter. Uh, to do my picks for me. Oh. Ah. Well, you know, um, last couple of years I was in some fantasy leagues and I looked up and we had guys in the league with two and three teams. And then they were trading players amongst themselves. Now, uh, that's that. It's cheating in fantasy football as far as I'm concerned. Now, this, oh, yeah. year, this year's draft, we're going to be, I think it's 14 people in the league and everybody's going to be in one room during the draft. And if you can't be in that room, you can phone in. So um, right. I think we're, I think it's going to be much better this year. I will know who has what team. It won't be I won't be guessing um, 
Hoochie twelve, Hoochie twelve thirteen. Who is that? You know what I mean. I, I know who Hoochie twelve thirteen is in my league this year. So I think it's it's a big deal, and um, I'm excited about it. I, I like fantasy football. I get into it. I, I really do. And coach, you know, I've been a football holic all my life, but um, when I got into fantasy, it makes you grow knowing these other players. Uh, they're not just your home team players that you you know. For me, it was the the Saints, the first year I drafted all Saint player. You know, it's never, it, after a while you realize that you have to find the best athletes. Uh, the, the league that I'm in has been to get, these guys have been together 23 years. And, um, and there's not many movements in and out of the league. And I was one of the few that it wasn't in, it wasn't, I wasn't present. I was the only one not present this year. And there have been other years they've had guys call in, but mainly these guys fly in or drive in from a long distance to be in the league. Yeah, I it adds to it. Go ahead, Coach. It adds something to it. It adds a little more uh, camaraderie, good joking, teasing each other. It's good. Yeah, it is good. It is good. And I, I really enjoy fantasy football. I'm looking so forward to um, football season, period. You know, Coach, but before we go, I guess I have to speak on this Tom Brady and Roger Goodell situation. You know, we've been, we are, we're about in our third week of this Tom Brady and Roger Goodell situation, and nothing has happened. You know, the judge came out after the first day and said that basically he made it sound like he was in favor of Tom Brady. And we haven't heard anything else from the judge. We haven't heard anything from Tom Brady. haven't heard anything from Roger Goodell. What is going to happen with this Tom Brady situation? Coach, I think they got such a big blowback off of the other owners of the other NFL teams that I think uh, the NFL decided, hey, you know, we can't let this be a pass because there's been too much smoke around the New England Patriots. Coach, for the rest of, the rest of Tom uh, Brady's career, I think there'll be people that'll always bring up the deflate issue and that he got rid of his phone. And, you know, when it first came out, he was just kind of, you know, acting like it was no big deal. Well, I think it is a big deal, and I think the integrity of the game will suffer if they don't penalize the guy. Uh, well, Coach, I think something's going to have to happen, and I think um, I think the four-game suspension might be held up. You know, Coach, uh, before we get out of here, um, there's some more news out of, Florida, out of Tallahassee about Florida State University. Uh, Florida State running back Delvin Cook found not guilty for the battery charges where he apparently hit this woman – um, while she's standing up at her car in Tallahassee at, after they left the nightclub. Um, well, I've said this before. They have got some really good lawyers down there in Tallahassee for this football team, I'm telling you. I mean, these guys can get off on, on they get off on beating up women and abusing women and everything else more than anybody I know. And nobody seems to go to jail. I mean, it's just... You go back to your dorm and wait wait for the judge to release you. I don't get this. Well, I, yeah, I'm afraid that uh, we'll never know the truth of the 
the whole situation. And that, that kind of scares me the most. And it, it scares me for FSU because even if you aren't an FSU fan, uh, you hate to hear that athletes are being given maybe more privileges than the average citizen. Coach, let me tell you why. I'll say this. It happened in June. I mean, you're talking about two months ago. This happened in June. They've already found him not guilty. How, many, how, how often do we see things like this go to court this quick, though? This quick and, you know, it's done. And it's done. You know, you usually, know, you know, you got, you got all kind of court dates and they said this and I say that, and, you know. Got to get the witnesses together. You know, you got to have, but, you got to talk to the witnesses. But, but coach, look at this though. Not only is, not only did this kid get a chance to just walk out, nothing. The reason he's able to walk out and have really no punishment, he ran the ball 170 times last year for 1,008 yards as a freshman. Now, they're expecting some big things from him this year, and I don't think they had anybody that, that could have replaced uh, 1,008 yards in their backfield on their team. I don't think they had anybody that could have replaced him on their team and that's why we see this kid um, back the on back. the team, back in college. He'll be back on the team. And, 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 a, and a saddest part, Coach, he'll probably be starting at the first for the, at, during the first game of the season. Well, that is sad, Coach. Yeah. But, guys, you listen to Sports Info. You I'm on the Voice America Radio. Florida State is not the only team that's letting these guys get away with stuff like this because they need these guys on their team. They need these guys to be a part of the program. Hey, it happens all over the nation, um, not not just at Florida State. But Florida State seems to be – it happens more frequently in Tallahassee. And I guess how long is the Florida State alumni, Florida State president – how long are they going to look at their coach, Jimbo Fisher, and say, hey, um, your winning is good, but your program is dirty? I mean, how long are they going to put up with that? I, and, and eventually, we have to come to the conclusion that if you're winning and you're going to big bowl games and you're playing for national championships and you're having Heisman Trophy winners on your team, you're bringing big Bucks to the university. And I'm not just talking about a couple hundred thousand. I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars in the 50s and 60 millions a year. You are bringing these kind of, this kind of money to your university every year. Exactly. You're not going to be going anywhere. And, uh, and I don't think too many people in Tallahassee are going to be complaining as long as they're winning. That's a terrible thing to say. It's a terrible state to be in. But that's how it is. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back next week with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.